Welcome, everyone, to the Two Tongues Podcast. Consider this your invitation to join Kyle and Chris on a journey through our minds. Where we explore the questions that have fascinated us for as long as we can remember. Could anarchy actually work? Does God exist? And just how did the cosmos get here anyway? Let me be the Virgil to your Dante, the Sacagawea to your Lewis and Clark. Let's take the guided tour through the dark chambers of our unconscious, seeking answers to the most important and unsettled questions of our shared existence. Ready or not, here we go. Here we go indeed. What's up? I don't know. I get, I'm getting a lot of pleasure out of that intro right now. <laughs> I really enjoyed it this time. That's funny. Any particular reason? I know. I don't, I don't know what it is. I think it's a, maybe a nostalgia thing. We've been doing this for a while now. Yeah, we have. I don't know. I, sometimes I just like blank it out, you know? It's like nothing personal against it, but I just hear it, you know? So I, I just blank it out. But that time I was paying attention. Hmm. Yeah, I blank it out. And if I, <laughs> if I ever go listen to an episode, I just fast forward. Yeah. But that's the case with any podcast. For me, I don't like to listen to the intros. Yeah, uh, Thaddeus Russell, I like his uh, intro song. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I, I listen to that one sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, I skip intros most of the time too. Same with TV shows, just zip past that. You know, eventually they started giving you that option, you know? Yeah. Skip intro. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point. So like they know nobody gives a shit. Why do they still make intros? Yeah. And while we're talking about intros... It's almost like it's like an obligation. We feel like we have to have one. That's how I felt with the podcast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I was I was having dinner with Jessica, and we were talking about, I was talking about the podcast. And I said, you know, on my, on my Spotify Bluetooth in my car, for some reason, whenever I get in my car, it starts playing the Two Tongues podcast, season one, episode one, every single time. That's how we're getting all those listens. Well, I don't think so. I think, it, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think so. But the point is, there's no intro. It was our very first episode, so we were nervous, and it would just sounded like, you know, nervous kids, you know? And the I, I, point is, there's like... Nervous ele- middle-aged men. There's, there's <laughs> elements about it that embarrass me, and, and it, part of it is it didn't have an intro, and I feel like it was unprofessional or whatever without an intro. Um, and I even considered, like, we have the intro. I could record it. I could go back and, and tack it onto the beginning of those early episodes, so it would be like it was always there. But I don't really want to do that. Yeah, I don't blame you. And Jessica's like, well, like, what what happens if you have a new listener and he finds out about the podcast and decides to go ahead and start back at the beginning? It's like, then, then you're, you know, you're not putting your best foot forward. And I'm like, yeah, we, we might lose some listeners. We might lose some potential <laughs> listeners that way. That's funny. Um, I don't know. I definitely have... There have been some podcasts where I listened to them early on and as they went on they became more professional and things like that. Yes. And then I would go back and listen to some of those older episodes. And some of them, uh, one that I can think of specifically right now is that show Philosophize This. Mm-hmm. Um, he started a while ago and he went back and he tacked something onto the beginning of it saying like, this is, you know, oh. the quality is not great. Uh, it gets a lot better as you go on. Oh, I see. That's Yeah, yeah exactly. But you know what? The reason I lean away from it is because 
the podcast is entirely unedited. It's entirely unscripted. It's entirely all genuine and authentic. And I, and you can see how we've improved over the last year plus. And I kind of feel like that's part of it. Part of it is the document of a couple of guys' effort to get better at a task. And it's kind of like it. It's kind of like a nice example. It's like when you see like there's this. There's this guy on Twitter that uh, I've been seeing, big old fat guy, going to <laughs> going to the gym every day, and he's posting his big fat pictures on the on the Twitter, sweaty. And I'm like so proud of that guy. God damn it, I'm so oh, proud. Yeah. I don't, he's a stranger. I don't know him from anyone. I'm just like fuck yeah, keep going. That's the kind of example I think. Leaving the old episodes, it's like you can see the whole progress. You know, we can be the fat guy. We are the fat guy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm, I'm under the weather. If you can't tell, because the sound of my voice. Yeah, we we've had a, a bad run of luck with it getting sick. Oh shit, this fucking sucks, man. Uh, I was I told my wife this house has not been healthy for like the last four weeks. We've had something going on, and she was like, four weeks yeah. since January, man. <laughs> yep, uh, it's been rough, man. Um, it co- when I had COVID. That was definitely a little bit worse, you know, like uh, I was just uh, really tired for a long time oh, yeah. with COVID. But I don't know, man, these uh, these just random colds that I have had have not been a lot less bad, to be honest with you. They, yeah. they suck, man. It's been it, you. It's almost like you take being healthy and normal for granted, and then when you're not, you're like, oh, my God. That's 100% the case. It's just the fucking worst. And then part of that is as you get older, because you, when you're young, you think that, that you will be permanently True. that, like, plastic and, and, like, bounce back. But then so, slowly you realize you're not, and it's a surprise, man. You're like, Jesus. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, you guys. Yeah. That reminds me of when I tweaked my knee at work, you know, a month ago, whatever it was. Sucks, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. getting older. Getting oh, old. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> God damn, excuse me. So, um, so we had a couple of, couple of weeks where we, we couldn't record on Sundays. And this is our third week um, finally getting together after... Three weeks because we had two weeks was off. It three weeks. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is yeah, this yeah. is the I third week. So, so long time without without talking to each other. At least, it, yeah. That probably wouldn't wouldn't be the case up until we started doing the podcast because you know we we might go a long time without speaking. But but we we chat every week now and then it's been three weeks. Yeah, it has. It was definitely a, a long absence. Um, you know, I did you, did you miss me? I did miss you. I was wondering if anybody missed us. Like, if anybody was like, "What the? What is? What's going on?" Usually, you know? I, usually I hear from my brother. Usually oh, yeah? he'd be like, "Where's the po- or Matt? You know, where's the podcast?" Speaking of Matt, he might join us today on the podcast. Oh shit! He likes to get to sleep. He likes to catch up on Z's. The thing about it is, he doesn't he doesn't go to bed at a reasonable hour. So he's, yeah, you know, he's unpredictable. He, uh, you remember last time he was on? He said he only sleeps like like four hours a night. Yeah, it's completely nuts. It's fucking crazy, man. It's not good, man. Not yeah, you wouldn't think so. Um, Some people need less sleep, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so when we talked to my brother about that, he's got an absolutely terrible sleep pattern. He said he'll go days without actually being able to sleep much at all, and then he'll sleep for a couple hours here and there. And it's just not good, man. It, it wreaks fucking havoc on you. I have no trouble sleeping, dude. <laughs> Ever? Not very often. I mean, every now and then I'll have. 
it, most of the time when I have too, trouble sleeping, it's just like my mind, I just can't stop thinking mm. about things, you know? Um, but yeah, no, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, I just fucking go to sleep as soon as I want to. If, if you weren't smoking, would that be the case? Yeah, yeah. Really, that's great, 100%. man. That's great. Jesus, that's great. Yeah, it's good pretty, for you. Good for you, thanks, man. man. There's it's one this, of my few uh, talents. <laughs> being able to sleep hard. <laughs> so there's this. I've been reading Carl Jung's Red Book, and it's blowing my fucking mind in ways that I can't, I can't even describe. It's amazing. But one of the things he says in the Red Book that reminds me of what you just said is, he says something like, um, "I wish I had the quote. It would be better reading it than me trying to duplicate it." But it's something like. He said his thoughts are like hounds that are constantly at his feet and he can't shake them off, you know? And that's how you were, you were describing when you lay down sometimes and your brain won't leave you alone and it, you can't sleep. And, and just Carl Jung's so fucking good at making it like the image is so powerful. Like the thoughts are like hounds at my feet that I can't shake off. That is good. That's exactly how it feels. Yeah. I don't know if it feels like that. Hounds. I don't know. If my thoughts were biting me, that would be a real problem. <laughs> Don't they feel like that sometimes? Especially if you're trying to sleep and they won't leave you alone. You're like, fuck off, thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one way that I do, I guess I do have trouble sleeping is that I wake up a lot during the night. Yeah, to pee or just because? I just have to like turn over, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. The, the back starts getting sore. It does indeed. Um it does indeed, man. And if you if you have a like a sore back from sleeping on your belly or whatever, I don't sleep. I couldn't sleep on my stomach. Oh, you don't I sleep back on... and forth sides all night. Sides, okay, all yeah. right, well, fair enough. I I can't sleep on my back, and if I do, I don't stay asleep. Yeah. I'm very light asleep on my back. You know, I don't care for it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I try to because I guess it's like one of the better ways to sleep. You know, as yeah. far as like air passage yeah, alignment. For sure, and, for sure. Yeah. So listen, man, I. Want to tell you something? I don't know what kind of conversation it might spark, but I want to mention it anyway. Um, I don't think I mentioned this to you, but I'll, I'll bring it up. Weird thing, weird thing happened to me. Uh, and I don't know why. I, I brought it up to my wife because I treat her like she's like m me, you know? I just, I try to talk to her like I'm having a conversation with myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's good. For, I think that's good for our marriage. Maybe not entirely good, but point is I uh, noticed that my libido has been like, through the roof lately and I don't have any idea why exactly um, like like comparable to maybe like when I was a teenager maybe not quite but you know what I mean sure. like way more than normal and listen man I'm a I'm an adult I got a busy job I got family and kids here and there's always people in the house it's not like it's not like the sexy stuff is you know in abundance so that maybe that's part of it but you'll kind of get used to it. Like, so if your behavior patterns change, you kind of get used to it to where, you know, you might've been like thinking I'm deprived a little while ago. After a while you get accustomed to it and you're like, uh, it's normal, you know, it's fine. But then all of a sudden it wasn't fine anymore. And it was like on my mind a lot. And it was more gripping on my attention. And, um, I kept like noticing I was being, I was like, being real touchy feely and like inappropriately and like bringing it up, and then that makes me feel like a creep. I don't like bringing it up, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be bringing it up all the time. Um, but it's like this passive aggressive thing I was doing, where I was like, I did, I wouldn't just come right out and say it, like, you know, woman, listen, I tell you something. I need something from you. 
Sure. It's important to me right now. But I didn't. I just said, you know, squeeze her, squeeze her butt or something and make some remarks under my breath and, you know, just pester her, pester her. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, how, you know, like, how many times do I have to beat her on the bush here for you to get, for you to interpret this? And that's not fair. That's super not fair, man, because I hate that when women do that, you know, it's talking code and shit. So I found myself doing that. Like, I, like, I don't know, man. I don't know why. I don't know. So what do you got? What do you got on that? That's interesting. I never, I mean, I guess it makes sense that you are not being direct. You're kind of like, you know, like you said, speaking in code. It's like a physical code, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's well, like um, one of the things we get in the habit of doing around here is we'll say like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say something. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, uh, uh, do you want to, I'll say, you know, do you, Shit, now I'm now I'm blanking for an example. But we'll ask each other for things in like a passive aggressive way. And it's like become normal. And it's fucking not good, man. It's like we get it, and as long as we're like lighthearted and in good moods, it's no problem. But you're not always in a good mood, you know? Um and the strange thing is, man, I'm uh I'm thirty six years old and and I didn't expect to have that sort of like resurgence of libido just and it's been sustained for like a couple of weeks. So anyway, I mentioned it I mentioned it to my wife and she said, uh, well, you've been working out. And I was like, yeah, that's true. You know, I, I've been trying. I've been getting a little bit more steady and I've been doing the weightlifting. Um, but not like a lot, you know? I could, I mean, not enough. I don't know, maybe it doesn't take much. Maybe, man. Maybe I'm just a stud, Kyle. Could be. <laughs> could be. Um... No, I think that the working out might be part of it for sure. Uh, have you been eating anything different? I've been eating worse, eating you some know. Horny goat weed? No, 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 no. But I've been eating worse. I'm in. I've, I've been not disciplined at all with my diet. Like not like I want to be. You know, I've been beating myself up about that actually. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Just do better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So what's new, man? Not much, you know, just working, fucking driving around, killing bugs for people. Well, I don't really kill them, but, you know, well, I kill them just not right then. <laughs> just not right then. Yeah, yeah, they got to crawl on some shit. Mm. You know, one of the things uh, that I'm worried about is I go up to the house, right, and I have to knock or ring the doorbell and let them know that I'm there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you ring a doorbell and the doorbell doesn't fucking work. You know, it's like you're, there's nothing happening. Yeah, not yeah. know you're there. So yeah. I, when I ring the doorbell, I like put my ear really close to the door and I hit it so I can try to hear the doorbell. Oh, yeah. and I'm just worried that somebody's going to think that I'm like trying to look in their house, you know. If they have one of those Nest uh, yeah. cameras or something, yeah. You're, yeah. yeah, yeah if they have a Nest, I usually don't do that, though. They're sending the police after you, man. Yeah. Um, do you guys use that chrysanthemum oil stuff? I don't think so, no. So I just remember it from Billy the Exterminator from watching that show, but that guy, uh, he like talks like he's humane, you know? So like rather than killing the animals or bugs when he can, he like relocates them and stuff. He yeah. doesn't want to kill them. You so can't can't relocate an entire like ant hive though. No, an no. Ant's nest, or or an infestation of cockroaches yeah, in your yeah. trailer. You're not, You're not gonna relocate those. them to the yeah. forest. Like here you go, guys. Yeah. But uh but he did do weird things like vacuum them up mm-hmm. with his vacuum. Rather than kill them, but then he goes through and he sprays this chrysanthemum oil all over everything, and it's like a condensed oil from the flower. 
and it does something with the nervous system of insects. It just kills them. I've heard that. It's pretty pretty cool, but it's like harmless to us. Yeah. Um, but I was going to ask you about it, but if you don't use it, you probably don't know. Don't know. I've heard about the, you know using chrysanthemums, but I have no idea. I was thinking like, I wonder if you could put that in a lotion, put it on your skin and keep mosquitoes and shit away. Yeah. You know? It'd be weird covering yourself in a poison. It's not poison to you. No. But I wonder if it would kill all the microbiome on your skin. Would it kill all the bacteria? Are they like bugs? That's a good question. You don't, need, you don't need them. It's fine. It's <laughs> uh, no big deal. Well, you say you say you don't need them, but uh, one of those cool things that I like to bring up from time to time is that um, when the anthropologists were doing a uh, studying all these old human bones and shit and pre-human bones, they found that um, the health of teeth, like teeth, got worn way down um, mm-hmm. with prehistoric people because they did all kinds of shit. Like you, they used it to like pull ropes and like pull make thread. They used their teeth for, as a tool, you know, but cavities were like unheard of mm-hmm. so you got these ancient people that were basically able to avoid all these terrible dental problems that the the, the modern world is like plagued with and uh, some of the people who've t- spoken about it say that it's because that we used to eat so differently mm-hmm. and we weren't brushing our teeth and so the bacteria that were flourishing in our mouths were out competing the ones that cause cavities so it was better for our health to have those types of bacteria, just like you hear people say that with your gut back biome, you you know, and people have like shit transplants. Have you seen that? I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. Yeah. I, I don't know what it means, but it definitely sounds like taking shit from a person that has a healthy gut biome, shoving it up your ass so that you can benefit from the bacteria that are in that other person's shit. I'm sure. It's probably on Pornhub. You could probably find oh, it. Oh, yeah, there's a whole category. There's a whole category. Yeah. Uh, point is, you do need that. You do need the right kind of bacteria living on you, man. I'm skeptical. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, I think uh, it's weird. The uh, What's the word that I'm looking for? Like the, uh, what is it, is synergy it? Like, like things working together, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 synchronicity, no synergies. That's whatever right. that word is. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's like we can't live without them. They can't live without us. It's yeah, a, it's like you know those Symbi- the fish symbiotes, the yeah. fish that hang around the shark. Yeah, yeah. What do they call them? Lampreys? No, lampreys are uh, whatever. I'm not a biologist, Kyle. <laughs> I'm not a lampreys are creepy as hell. Lampreys? You ever seen a lamprey? No. It's like an eel-looking thing with razor-sharp teeth. I don't know if they're razor sharp, but they're creepy looking. They've got like this like circular opening on the on the front of it that it is its mouth, and it's just got tons of teeth in it. Oh shit! I guess you can eat them. Mm. Lamprey. It's probably a porn Pornhub category for that too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Japan, man. You know they get into some weird stuff over there. They certainly do. Yeah, dude. Can't believe you can buy panties in a vending machine. Used panties in a vending machine in Japan. You go, to, you go to prison for that forever here. <laughs> forever. You're going right to jail, sir. Yeah, that's a... Uh, I wonder how... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm drawing a blank on a lot of words today. I wonder how commonplace that is. You know, are there panty vent, used panty vending machines on every corner? Yeah, they're like right next to all the McDonald's's. Yeah. Uh, I want to tell you real quick before I forget. Jessica and I had a nice dinner uh, last night. We made reservations to go to this place... We had to make them in February, and our, yeah. and we just we just went last night. What place is this? It's called uh, 
the Strip or Strip. It's, a, it's just a steakhouse. Sweet. But apparently on the weekends, it's like a very popular joint. Mm-hmm. It's not far from here. So we, we go there, and the lady says they have a menu items that are on the menu. And you're like, okay, well, that's, I guess that's cool. What do you got? She says, we got this steak that is, this is how she described it to me. It's three different cuts of steak. Frankenstein together? Frankenstein together. in You know when they like age the meat? Mm-hmm. What do they call that? Dry aging. Yeah, when they do that, they basically lay these layers of, of meat on top of each other. They age them together like that, and they form, they somehow form, they looks like one steak. Yeah. The point is, it looks like one steak, and it's three steaks, like a fucking, like a Neapolitan of beef. Is it is it really thick? Yeah, it was real. It was really thick. It was fifteen ounces. This this steak. It was just enormous, and it was delightful. Yeah, it was hands down. It was the best steak I ever had. Nice. And it was a Frankenstein trifecta of steaks. It was a fillet, some kind of fatty steak like a ribeye or something, and something else. I don't remember. That's and it crazy. Was dynamite. I've never man. even heard of that before. They call it the uh, trilogy. Of course they do. <laughs> and when I left, when I left the restaurant, I was a little bit tipsy, and uh, some couple walk, walks in. I'm hold the door for them, and the guy, you know, says thank you, and I'm like, "You're gonna want to order the trilogy." And he gave me this look, like, "Yeah," and I was just like, "Trust me, <laughs> trust <laughs> me." Just this stranger's like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I wonder if he did order it. I hope so, man. It was good. Frankenstein steaks, dude. Frankenstein steaks. It's 2022, dude. We're we're here. Yeah, this is Jetson's <laughs> land. We've got trifecta steaks and flying cars and. Do we have flying cars? Tesla's doing that now. They will. Well, I mean, there's he's already got cars and he's already got rockets. So put that shit together. Put that shit together, Elon. <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard. What do you think about Elon and, and Twitter and all this? What do you think? Um. I think it's good, you know, like Twitter sucks, um, social media sucks in general. Yep. Uh, so I think it's good that somebody's at least paying lip service to it. I, I, we'll see if it happens, first of all. Uh, well, I mean, he's already 9% owner, but, you know, this like idea of him taking over, we'll see if that happens. Um, and if he does, we'll see what he actually does, you know. I, I'm just... Do, do you think Elon's like... Um... Do you think the end game is like he wants Twitter or do you think he wants to expose or shine the light on the fact that even if he wanted to, he wouldn't be allowed to? Because they're saying that like like this is more of a stunt to reveal the truth of how corrupt the tech world and the, and the government are right now. Um, that if he can't buy it, th- even though he's legitimately offering this, this shareholders equity yeah. and and they have a fiduciary liability to their shareholders to maximize profits if they say no there's something some what's that phrase from shakespeare something's rotten in the state of denmark yeah something's rotten in the state of denmark um yeah i think that there might be some truth in that that he's doing it to expose things but i also think that um if you are doing something like that there's going to be consequences that you're going to have to deal with you know um, so I think that he's prepared to actually do it if it, um, you know, comes comes to fruition. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it will. I think it would be interesting. And I like Elon, man. A lot of people hate on Elon, including one person I know who, I don't, I, I want to say knows him, but she, she worked for him. Okay. I don't, I don't know that she ever 
shook his hand or met him in person. Maybe she did, but I'm sure she was on some Zoom calls with the guy, and she doesn't speak highly of him. Like, what is the kind of stuff does she say poorly? Um, you know, it's like the, like the workaholic stuff and the way that the way that uh, like his expectations for the employees were to be as um, ruthlessly um, uh, workaholic as he was. So it's like, you know, even if you're trying really hard and you're really good at your job, you're not good enough. You're not trying hard enough. You know, so it was really like, you know, disheartening. Yeah, I can definitely see that if that is the truth, because I, I, I would not do well with that. It's like if I'm giving you like all you can reasonably expect from me and you're like, you need to be here like more hour. I, that would not that would not <laughs> that would suck. You know what I like about Elon when I see him? And I, I kind of, if I didn't follow him, you know, like going way back, I didn't follow him. Uh, but you see some of these videos going way back, that, mm-hmm. you know, now. Is that Elon never seems to be on his toes. He always seems to be perfectly comfortable. Yeah. Even in like weird exchanges and, and hostile exchanges or whatever. He just always, he just seems to like sit there and consider and like he never seems to be shaken. And that's a really admirable quality, man. I think part of that is that he's just a weird person. Yes. You know? But uh, I admire I think, it. Yeah, well, yeah, I think part of it is also that he is just, um, he's weird in the sense that he has more, like, assertiveness, you know, than than the vast majority of people. Yeah. But I just, I also mean that he's weird in that he's um, just like, uh, I don't know, man, he's just, um, what's the word, uh, here I am blanking on words again. He's just um, uh, like a, a really calm I don't know. He, he's got a very level-headed disposition, you know? Yeah, it's like something... I had a manager once like that where... Maybe worse, and maybe I'm comparing apples and oranges, but this is the way it was like with him. Um, you would ask him a question or you'd ask him for help, and he would never respond to you in a in a, a reasonable enough period of time that you would call it normal. Like, it was every time you asked him a question, it was it was... Weird, because he would pause way too long, because he was considering what you said, he was thinking about it, he was going through, you know, scenarios, and then when he was ready, he would would answer you. You just had to sit there? And you had to sit there. And it was weird, man. And there's this pressure that I always felt to, like, have the answer on the tip of my tongue, or, you know, but there's something admirable about somebody who doesn't, and doesn't let himself feel rushed or herself feel rushed. It's like, look, this is going to happen on my time and there's a good reason for it. So, you know, you're going to let me, you're going to let me think about it and I'm going to give you a quality answer. And something about that I like, man, I don't know that I can do it myself, Yeah, but I'd like to try. Is, what if it, what if you know the answer? Are you still going to? No, I'm just no. going <laughs> to rock it off. Yeah, I'm just going to rock it off. That's the thing, man. Sometimes you get burned that way. Sometimes you think you know. Yeah. And how many times you take a test and you didn't read the question carefully enough? Pretty frequently. And you and you, got, you get the question wrong and you're like, what the fuck, man? Oh, I forgot I, that one word. I something. do that on Duolingo, my lang, you know, the what I learned German on all yeah. the time. Like I, I'll see, I'll, I'll read a sentence in German and just like I see something and then my brain's like this must be what it says so I put it in there and then I like I get it wrong I'm like what the fuck and I examine it again and I'm like oh I just missed one word yep. you know it's fucking it's annoying also I I get it with um typographical errors I spell something wrong yeah so. 
Yeah. Uh, that happens to me on Twitter. Is I don't know. Have you noticed this on Twitter? That autocorrect and spell check work. They seem to be way worse on Twitter than... I haven't noticed that. I noticed that lots of my tweets come out fucked up. Mm. And even if I... They just come out fucked up way more often than texts. And I'm like, there's got to be a reason for that. Probably. And then Elon's, Elon, that's one of the first things he said. Like, edit. we're, we're going to add an edit button. I would fucking love to correct my t- terrible grammar and autocorrect nonsense. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about the edit button. I feel like um, it would be nice. What are you thinking? Like somebody tries to pull back a, a remark they made and you want it to stand, you know? Is that what it is? God, well, they can still delete it, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I just, it's just like you put it out there, just ride with it, you know, yeah. or it's delete a, it. It's the same reason why I won't put an intro on the, on our early podcast. Yeah. Yeah. True. Leave it. Yeah. That's what happens. If you want to start a podcast, go back to our first episode, listen to it. That's how fucking weird and hard it is. There's no edit button on life. People. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You just gotta roll the die. Yeah. You gotta roll the die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a question for you. What's up? I might have an answer. I saw somebody tweet, and tell me if we talked about this already, because I didn't, I didn't mark it off the list. Um, I saw somebody tweet, at what age did you wake up and realize everything is a scam? Um, how do you feel about that remark? Um, I feel like it's not too far from the truth, but I wouldn't say maybe, I wouldn't necessarily say everything is a scam, but lots of stuff is a scam. <laughs> That's what, you know, it's hard. Where do you draw the line? You know, because I like to think of like, if, if two companies are trying to sell me ketchup, they're competing against one another for my money. You can do the admirable thing and make a better ketchup, or you can just manipulate me to buy yours. And that sounds like a scam to me. What I, what I mean is like marketing and capitalism and that, and that framing as manipulating consumers. <coughs> would you call that a scam? Because it works. I don't know if I would call it a scam, but I mean, I guess I can see what you mean. You, you said that you could do, I don't know if you said the honorable thing and yeah. make a better ketchup, yeah. whatever. It was some kind of like positive yeah. describer. Yeah. Um, I do think that we have like a disposition to that sort of thing. Like, well, I'll just do it better, you know? Um, but I don't necessarily think that it is a scam to try to convince someone to take something or to choose something that is either inferior or on par with something, you know? So let me give you a maybe if they're lying. similar example when you tell me what you think about this. Rather than ketchup, it's political parties. Two candidates, a Democrat and a Republican, both trying to sell you whatever they're trying to sell you. Yeah. And... You know, none of those campaign promises are ever kept. None of the claims made during campaigns ever ever seem to be legitimately how these people feel. It's just a matter of persuading you, manipulating you, just like the marketing campaign of the terrible ketchup. Um, Is that a scam? Because it's a lie. It's a lie, you know? Not not directly, but it's a lie. I think it is a lie directly. I don't know that there's ever been a candidate in the history of politics that is been able to say what they really want and think they say what people want to hear sure. and uh and even the ones that do when they get in and they, if they can't deliver on what they've promised 
even especially when they know they couldn't deliver on what they promised. Like, yeah. you know, George... You're promising an impossible yeah, thing. Yeah, George W. Bush saying no new taxes, or Obama saying he's going to stop the rise of the tides. Bitch, yeah. you don't have the power to do any of those things. None of you do. <laughs> and then we just go, yeah, sure. I mean, we're all, we're all voting for Obama so we can fucking... <laughs> you can tell the ocean to relax. Yeah. You know, fuck. That's yeah. a that's manipulation, but is it a scam? I guess, yeah. I that's a, a big big difference between that and ketchup, man. That's like you really is it? really jumped it up. That's what I'm wondering. Is there a difference? Yeah, I think that there's a difference because what kind of ketchup you put on your hamburger doesn't make that big of a difference in your life. Um now all of these people choosing you know, whoever's going to be leading our country or, you know, break it down into smaller units even, uh, that makes more of a difference in your life. I'm just picturing like, I'm just picturing like a cereal, like a kid cereal with a colorful cartoon commercial that gets everybody excited about the cereal. And you go to the store and there's an uh, off-brand cereal that's just like it, you know, maybe it's way better. But people like the colorful brand with a commercial, even though it might be terrible, you know? And I just don't know if that's a scam. Is it a scam? Okay, so a person has a product or some desired outcome that they're working towards, and they're going to start marketing to, to make that happen. If the thing that that person is pushing for or supporting is legitimately good, is it still a scam? No, I know. I don't, I don't think so. And it's so subjective, too, you know? Even with politics, it's subjective. What's a better tasting cereal? What's a better political philosophy? It's so subjective. Yeah. Have you ever been scammed, legitimately scammed? Uh, the closest <laughs> thing that I can think of to being scammed is one time I was at uh, a bar in Lakewood with Tim. Yeah. And uh, this girl, these two girls came up to us and challenged us to uh like a beer chugging you know yeah and this girl just dominated me man did she yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) she she clearly knew what she was doing yeah um that's the that's the closest thing i can think of to being scammed i think we had like a it was like a ten dollar bet or something like that yeah she was definitely a ringer but i want to tell you something that that reminds me of um me and my wife we used to do in lakewood we used to do um trivia and we go to this bar and we do trivia and they would have these like lightning challenges and the two the two teams got had to select somebody to go up and do this challenge and usually cuz it's at a bar it's like chugging a beer or something like that yeah. and so we would always send Jessica because she's this little thin you know inconspicuous looking woman you never think and then everyone else always sends their burliest beardiest man you yeah. know it's already got just dried beer on their beard and they uh they send them in Jessica just Every single time just annihilates them. And um, that's an interesting story because it's unexpected. But it also makes me think of a sexy joke about about why it is that these girls are beating the boys in beer drinking. What's that? Because they just open the throat, Kyle, and they just let it all go down. Yeah. And practice makes perfect, my friend. (laughs) Practice makes perfect. Uh, that's a blowjob joke, you guys. Okay, um, um, where was I going with this? Oh, I lost it. We were talking about getting scammed before that. Uh, well, I do have some examples of being scammed, I can tell you. Yeah. You know, 
another thing that happened, I wouldn't necessarily say I got scammed. Somebody took advantage. Yeah. Um, I bought Jordan Peterson. Uh, I bought his uh, one of the courses that he did. You know, oh, you did? The test. The personality? Like the one that you oh, did. Yeah, yeah. But it, uh, it wasn't a test. It was like a, a writing thing. You yeah. Know? Uh, I forget what it even was. Understand myself? Yes. Yeah. I, I think it was that. Uh, I, I got that and um, I did it. Or when I bought it, when I put in my credit card information, somebody stole it and I got it. Like, uh, I was at work like a couple hours later um, and I got notifications on my phone that I bought like $150 worth of gift certificates, you know, for Amazon fuck. or something. They, you know, I just reported it and they yeah. gave it right back to yeah. me. But. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. All right. So I've got, I got a couple. You tell me if I ever told you this first one. Uh, when I was a kid, I'm trying to think, man. I'm, I maybe I was like 15 or something. I was at the mall. I was at the mall, and there was a dude in the hallway of the mall with a little table set up doing card tricks. Oh God! And he like you know tried. Was to, this a mall that we all worked at? No, no. This was a mall uh, in the general vicinity. Um, I know. What mall. Okay, yeah. Closer to our old place. Yeah. So anyway, I was I was there, and this guy's doing card tricks, and he's like trying to you know bring, you know bring people in. He's like hollering at people and whatever. And I'm young, and I come over. I'm trying to be nice, whatever. Like, what's up? He's like, you know, doing this card game with me, and you know, like pick a card situation. And I, he's like, just you know, pick one. And I pick one. He's like, you're a winner, you know. And then he's like, you know, put money on it. You just won. You're good at this, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah. So this guy ends up taking like ninety bucks from me or something. Yeah. Yeah, I was all by myself at the mall as a kid. He was a grown man. And, uh, he, you know, anyway, I, I uh, got burned by this guy. That's a lot of money. Back then, at that age, it was a lot of money, man. And, Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, $90 is a lot of money now, today. I, I, didn't win, I didn't win any more after that first one, right? So he just he just, just hustled, lured man. me in, hustled the shit out of me. And, uh, you know, just a, little, just a little kid, you know. I, I wonder the type of human being, an adult man, that could do that to, to a kid. It's fucked up. But he did. Example number two was at the mall where you and I did work as kids. The quick change people. Do you remember the quick change artists? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that happened to me. Yeah. Um, that happened to you too, right? Nope. Yeah, so the, so the lady comes up to the box office. She orders a few tickets. She gives me a $50 bill or a $20 bill. And then she says, as I hand her the change, she says, oh, can I, uh, instead, can I, you know, she changes it, right, in the last minute. And then while you're handing her change. And so what she's done is figured out how to how to confuse me at the moment of exchange and change the order and then tell me, oh, I gave you, you know, oh, I'm missing my change. Like, what do you mean? Like, I gave you a 50. No, you gave me a 20. That kind of thing. Yeah. Next thing I know, that lady walks away with, like, twice as much money as she came with. And, uh, you know, I was just like a kid. You know, I was a kid. Yeah. I got bamboozled. Yep. I That probably would have happened to me um, if I had worked there longer. But uh, all the other cashier jobs I had had, like, strict no-change policies. You know, like, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this was somebody buying tickets, though. It wasn't like she just said, can you break this down? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But clearly somebody who'd done it many, many times. Clearly somebody who was good at it, you know, um, no stranger to it. And uh, that's a scam. She put a spell on you. She did. That's a scam, right? That's a scam, yeah. Yeah. So what's the difference between that and the other examples? 
Um, well, again, the difference, I think, in the ketchup is that, like, who cares? Like, you still have, you still have ketchup on your sandwich, you know, and you can, if you, like, let's say you like Heinz ketchup and you decide to branch out and get some kind of catsup bullshit, yeah, you know? Yeah, Um, and you realize you don't like that as much, just buy Heinz again the next time, you yeah. know? Um, it, there's no... So I don't know downside. Really. Yeah, you're just you're just measuring them up based upon the consequences, right? Just so so I just don't see how there's I, I don't understand how that's a scam, you know. Whereas politicians and stuff, that is a scam, and and like the the, the quick change people, that's a scam because you're benefiting, you know. You are um, promising somebody one thing and delivering them another thing at your benefit. You know, to yep. your benefit. Yep. So that's that's the difference, I think. I, I think what I attach to so hard is that it's all of these examples are manipulating somebody to get something from them. And there's just a lot of that in the world, man. Yeah. There's a lot of that in the world. And I don't know. It's like this, man. It's like if we could get rid of all of that manipulation and everything is straightforward, you know, it's like business business would be easier, but it would be different. Romance would be easier, but it would be different. Um, I don't. I, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know that it would be a good thing. It would be a net good to get rid of it. And what I, what I really mean is, if everything was straightforward all the time, I never had to be concerned or cautious about somebody manipulating me. Then I then I never think that that I'm somebody who can be manipulated. That I never think of that I, that I need to be that I need to have defenses. That I ha- I recognize my own weaknesses, my own ability to be manipulated. If nobody ever manipulates you, you don't ever realize that that's a possibility. And it's humbling and necessary. People need to know that, man. We're all dumb and fallible. And, uh, you know. Yeah. I think that that's basically the point that I was going to come to is that we're never going to be like, I I, I guess it would be better. On some level, you think it would be better if we just lived in a society that didn't do that, you know? Right. But that's never going to happen. So the only solution is to teach more people to be able to see through that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I don't necessarily think that it's bad. Like in the ketchup example, I don't think it's bad to, to, I don't know, say things in a certain way to make people think that you have a, a superior product, especially if you actually believe that you have a superior product. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to other things, I, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Like I, I brought up that that example of romance, and I'm just thinking to myself, like how much manipulation goes into romance, even any friendships, really, but romance in particular, because when you when you're young, you're trying to impress, you know, like when when were you ever yourself in the beginning? When were you ever yourself? You were always on your best behavior, P's and Q's. You know, you're always like, like, uh, you know, even my wife. Like, I, I didn't shit in her apartment, you know, until, like, we had been together for, like, two years. I don't ever really shit. <laughs> it's not going to be a problem. Don't worry. Oh, boy. So, that's manipulation. And both both sides are doing that, you know? Yeah. True. Every baby that cries is manipulating you, right? It's like I'm going to make this noise until you do as I command. You know, I'm going to make this noise until you st- until you st- you know make it better. That's manipulation. That is manipulation. Fucking babies. Is that the right word for it? I don't know, man. Um, 
I don't know if that is the right word for it. Is a baby being manipulative? Mm, let me let me tell you this thing, and you tell me what you think of this. I have these hippy dippy thoughts sometimes. Sometimes, and, and so, yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> and sometimes I think they're like clever, and I wonder if there's something to them. And a lot of times I'll write them down just in case. And you never know like, how often they're just not. But here's one of them. I was thinking about little babies, you know. I was thinking about how much babies are like potential, you know, like little balls of potential. Yeah. And the more uh, sophisticated they get as they grow up, they become more actualized and less potential. And it's a beautiful thing to watch um, that happening. And I thought to myself, when a baby is, a, a baby has a will, just like an adult has a will, and they want to not be in pain. And they want to not be hungry. And they want to not be cold. They have a will to have those things. And they will throw an absolute fit if, they don't, if they're not getting them. If their will has not been satisfied in those ways. And our wills are, you know, all over the place as adults. Babies, maybe they're a little a bit simpler of an example. But I, I thought about that. Like, it's the moment they come into the world, they're like, I want shit. You got to do it for me. You know, like the moment they walk in, they're like demanding things and... Uh, expressing their will they're forcing it on the world and then I had this parallel idea that when a baby is conceived and it has a little, a little bit of mass and that mass imposes its gravity on the world even though it's just a little bit of gravity but when that baby's born it's a lot more gravity and when and when the baby's an adult it's a lot more gravity and the the parallel example is that having that Mass in the world warps space time. It bends, it bends the the cosmos around them a little, ever so much. Just like the sun does a lot, a little baby does it a little, and it's like bending the world to itself. And that's what a baby does when it's crying, and it's like it, it you know, it bring, it calls forth the resources from the cosmos that it needs. You know, and suddenly a boob is in its mouth, and it's fine. It's const, It's from the moment it's conceived, it's bending the world to its will and it's a baby we're talking about i'm not talking about genghis khan i'm talking about an innocent little baby and i just thought there was something cool about the parallel that a baby bends its mother and its father to its will and it be and the the baby's body warps space and time to itself it just felt like there was a parallel there and i thought it was insightful, but I don't know. What do you think, man? <laughs> I like it. I mean, it's definitely an interesting thought. Um, it's true. I mean, you know, like uh, the, the physical part of it is true. You know, it's calling out. It's chain. It's literally, you know, the sound is just a vibration of physical things. Mm. So it is. It's changing reality. It is calling forth the. Uh, what'd you say? The resources. Yeah. Because you know, because think about it from a baby's perspective. When a baby cries, they don't know what they're calling to, and they don't know, like when when a baby's newborn, they can't even see really. They don't know what's coming when they call. It could be a wolf to eat them up, you know. But they just trust that when they scream, the universe will provide for them, and it fucking does most of the time. It's amazing. It is cool. <laughs> it's amazing. Cool, man. Uh, um. I was thinking about, uh, I've been listening to the Game of Thrones books, hmm. uh, I'm sorry, A Song of Ice and Fire books, um, and 
there was this scene where you know uh, the the wildling girl that Sam has, she's got the baby. Uh, there's this scene where she's breastfeeding it, and I was thinking about breastfeeding. That's like a a callback to like that. That's not something that we figured out how to do. You know, that's just, that's something that was uh, ingrained in us, like it is in you know, like lesser animals. Um, <laughs> it's an instinct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instincts are weird, man. Instincts are weird. I, I, that's an infinitely baffling topic. We've talked about it before. Yeah. I, 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 I got nothing, man. Um, the fact that, like, you could, you could understand with a human being because we're smart. Even like monkeys, you know, monkey see, monkey do. You could see creatures nursing and learn to nurse. You could see creatures fucking and learn to fuck. You know, you know what I mean? Like you can make the analogy between watching a, uh, you know, a moose hump another moose. Shout out to Tom Green. Um, and you could say, oh, you know, uh, you know, there's a parallel between the moose and me and this fella over here. I'm going to I'm going to do that thing they're doing. Um, but if we had to learn it that way, we we would have all died out, you know, in the waiting like. It wasn't taught. The point is, if we had to wait until we saw a moose having sex with another moose, we'd never have sex. We'd never learn to have sex. It has to be instinctual. And there's just there's just no good explanation for that, man. It's weird. It's so weird. Just just know how to... I mean, what are, what are other instincts? Down to, like, knowing to eat, you know? Yeah. Like, you imagine just putting, like, a completely blank slate into the world and like they would have this this sensation and not know what to do about oh, it geez. you know yeah can you imagine if that sensation was the feeling you get when you when you are holding your breath too long something like just, that you just you just a thing that experiences that and don't know what to do and all oh, you, yeah all you have to do is <gasps> that's yeah. all you have to do but you don't know how to, you don't know what to do that's, that's crazy yeah you all you would be sitting there is experiencing that that, that pain and that panic and that you know desire to act and not and not knowing how but we don't have to worry about that because we have instincts. What the fuck is that, man? It's crazy. It's so crazy. Especially because the um, evolutionary theory has said for, since I'm looking over it, I keep looking over at the origin of species on the shelf and, and Kyle doesn't know it's there. So he's like, what the fuck is this guy looking at? <laughs> no, I didn't even notice. Um, I don't even see it. It's the, right there. It's on top oh, of the yeah, shoulders of giants. It. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, since, since the 18, whatever, 60s or whatever it was, They've been saying that um, that learned, acquired characteristics can't be passed on to genetically. They can't be passed on because you were already born with your genes. So how is it that you're going to learn, you're going to acquire a characteristic or learn something and then pass it on in your genes? How is that possible? It's not possible. So that doesn't happen. But like, yeah, it kind of does. And we have no idea how it works. But instincts are a good example of that. Those things are somehow programmed in. Somehow. Somehow. You know? It's like, uh, makes me wonder, man, is this all just like, are we a computer program? <laughs> Dude, I was just watching a documentary. Uh, Brian Green, he's a popular. Tom cult. Green's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tom, Tom <laughs> Green's brother. He's a popular uh, sci-fi, or sci-fi, a popular scientific um, face face man like, like um, DeGrasse is. He's yeah, just like yeah. a guy that does documentaries and writes popular books, but he's a physicist. Successful family, the, those greens. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom, yeah. 
um, <coughs> I was watching this uh, documentary called Fabric of the Cosmos is called. Okay. And remind me what you just said so I can figure out where I was going. Brian Green. And before that. Um, I, don't, I don't remember. Oh, I, Hologram. Yeah, he was talking about, you said, you, you made the implication that maybe we're all... Oh, a computer program. Computer program, yeah. 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 So he talks about holographic universe theory, and it's, if you've never heard about it, it's super interesting. Yeah, I've heard him talk about it. He, he's done it the best job for, for me to kind of get my head wrapped around it, but he says something really interesting, man. He says that you could, you could get the perception of 3D reality by having information on a two-dimensional surface that's projected into three dimensions and that's so i know it's hard to understand like how that works and why and what but just imagine like a imagine like a playing card and there's all this information coded onto it and imagine you're shining light through the back of it and what's projected through it is a 3d image of the universe and all the people in it that's what that's how he's describing it that there's something called information that lies behind reality somehow not in a greater dimensional reality, in a lesser dimensional reality, in a 2D reality. You've got information that projects this 3D universe. And there's scientific reasons to believe this might be true. And I don't know them, but I'm just saying, he, you know, this is a legit theory. And he described it like this. He said, he said, oh, I'm going to butcher this. But there, he was talking about how, how this information is two-dimensional or how you know it's two-dimensional and he was saying because every spot on the two-dimensional surface references like it i don't remember i I, i'm gonna butcher this and people will be more confused so i'm gonna stop Mm -hmm. but the idea was that the picture that was in my head was of this 3d sphere and the information seems to be on this 3d sphere and the and Man, I, I just I just don't know how to bring this home. The point is, you get this crazy picture of a of a weird unity where information comes from. It's one thing where information comes from, and it projects out all the multiplicity of the world in three or four dimensions or infinite dimensions. And I get this image of God creating the universe. This one thing through which is manifest this projection, which is something that we talk about when we do hippie talk about consciousness, that the material world is a projection. And then you get this holographic universe theory from physics that mirrors this hippy-dippy way of understanding reality is representational. I just think it's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. I I couldn't help but think that I like it. You know, I... Uh, that... Uh, it works for me. You know, I like that. It's yeah. cool. Um, but I also think that that doesn't sound any less crazy than God created the world in <laughs> no, seven days. You know? Sure doesn't. Sure doesn't. You're right. So it's just something to think about. <sighs> yeah. Not, that, not, not blah, 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 blah. I'm not even discrediting it. I'm actually, I guess, in a weird way, lending credence to the biblical story. You know, it's funny for me. I don't see the biblical story as a different story than the one yeah. I just told. Um, it's just like a different picture, a different image, a different way of seeing it. And I think that's interesting. Um, in fact, I think that there's not anything more interesting in the world than 
than finding another way of understanding something you already understand. Something like that. I just mm-hmm. It's just something so satisfying about it. And for me, it, it comes in images. It comes in pictures. And it didn't always used to be that way. But ever since I had that mystic experience, I think like that in this abstract way of, of pictures. And they're simple pictures. That's the funny thing. They're not sophisticated pictures. Like I think about, uh, I think about people that do great art and they have all this meaning in the art, you know, and it's like, like a great, like a great, um, you know, uh, uh, Raphael's, um, school of Athens or something. And it's filled with meaning or like, um, Dali or something. And all the images have a particular meaning and you can read into it and it's all beautiful. And like my, my mental images are not impressive. I, <laughs> they're not impressive. They're simple. They're, they're things like, um, like a game of Pong. You know, I don't have this image in my head of a game of pong and a ball and, uh, moving back and forth between the paddles. And then the ball becomes a wave. And that has a meaning to me. And I can go into it, but I won't. And mm-hmm. this is the image that helps me to understand something that I couldn't wrap my brain around. Or um, uh, here, here's a post-it. I wrote a couple of images on it. These are the kind of things that pop in my head. So Kyle's looking at a square within a square with all these arrows pointing everywhere. That's that's what I'm talking about. Really, really simple. This image in my head, imagine this. It's a, um, imagine a rectangle made of light on a black background. And from within that rectangle of light, you see a shadow of a smaller rectangle of light starting to form from the darkness. You know, you can just barely see it. Then it gets brighter, then it gets brighter. Then it looks just almost like the, the, the larger rectangle. And what happens is the smaller rectangle kind of gets sucked up into, into the larger one and becomes the larger one. And the larger one does it again and again and again. And it's just this repeating pattern of rectangles forming a, a new rectangle within themselves, projecting it out, and then becoming that projection. And I can sit here and give you this detailed, convoluted, hippie explanation for what it means. It's full of meaning. But the picture is rectangles and within rectangles. Sure. That's, how, that's all it is. It's weird, man. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think of the kind of stuff that you see on, on like a, a psychedelic trip. I mean, sometimes it can be way more complicated. Than oh, that. yeah. But it's always, not always, I guess. But there's, um, you know, like a, a stereotype almost that it's going to be shapes, you know? Yeah. Which is interesting. It's funny you say that about that. You make the link between that type of like image play in my mind and psychedelics. Because as soon as you said that, it was like clicked. That That's exactly what it is. That's my, that's my feeble mind's best attempt to recreate what happens in DMT. Mm-hmm. That's how... That's how bad I am at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jesus. But I, I think because you're right, man, when I have, when you experience those kind of images in psychedelic experience or in dreams, when they're really vivid and you remember them, even, even just for a little while, if you think about it for any time at all, you will start to fill that image with meaning. You're like, what does it mean? Things will just pop to you. Oh, it looks like this. It, this has this, you know, relational connection with this color and it must mean something about, it connects with this emotion and next thing you know, you have a whole story about that image and when the images are complicated and when they're changing, that is such an interesting experience. It's like, like oh boy, it's like having a, having a 
crazy psychedelic trip is almost like watching the most intense movie or reading the most intense book you, you've ever read and condensing it down into a, you know, much shorter period of time and like cramming in all the emotions and all of the meaning and all, and all of the, you know, continuity into that, that little, you know, much smaller package. It's like, that's what, that's what it seems like to me, man, because it's, there's, I don't know if I would say there's a story to it, but there's definitely meaning to it. Mm-hmm. You can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Um, sometimes there's a story, you know. Sometimes you get a little story kind of an aspect. Well, you remember when we listened to that Shane Moss clip of the, with the yeah. purple lady? There was definitely a story. story for yeah. sure. And I have that with dreams, a story. But I can't say that I do, that I can recall ever having a, a narrative story element. But that's not entirely true. The, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I would say that it's not a story in the sense of like it being a beginning, middle, like, end, yeah, hero like and linearly an a story. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. But I don't know. You know, it's funny because I I almost want to disagree with myself because I try to imagine uh, a crazy peak DMT experience, and what you. What you see, if you just if you just pay attention to the visual components, you see geometrical shapes and colors that transform and change into other things. That's what you see, and that's kind of like music, you know, changing in the music, changing in the notes, changing in the melodies. Um, it's a, it's it's a story. Things are happening. There's action, right? That's a story, even though it doesn't have a distinct structure. And it doesn't have a distinct starting or ending place. There's definitely the core of a story. Something's happening. Mm-hmm. Transformation. That's what happens in a story. That's what happens in music. True. Also, that's what I think God is, transformation. But that's just for the hippies out there. Optimus Prime. I just remember, when you say that, I just remember the spark. The glowing oh, spark. Yeah. Some soul imagery there. Sure. Michael Bay is a very spiritual guy. <laughs> You want to give Matt a call? Yeah, Matt sure. wants to join us on the Two Tongues podcast? Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. All right. We're going to have a change of uh, attitude here because things just got weird and deep there for a second. All right. Here we go. Uh-huh. Let's give him a go. Let's give him a go. Matthew, I wasn't sure you were going to answer, man. Because uh, does it rang many times? Are you sleepy? Are you sleeping right now, bro? Huh? Are you sleeping? You should have been called ten, ten, ten. I know. You, oh, you called. I, I did come calling. We're talking, so I called. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> you didn't call a bunch, did you? No, 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 no. I was just asking. Yeah. I was just asking how. Sleepy. No, no, no. Of course I'm sleepy. I'm not a ten o'clock person, but I'm fine. <laughs> uh, you're not recording that, right? Oh no, we're all, we're we're live. We're on the air. One the 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 internet on the podcast. Well, we're not on the internet yet, but yeah, we're not editing this, so don't say anything you wouldn't want to say to everyone. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I just, I figured you'd say, you know, welcome to the Two Tongues Podcast, and you know, give me a minute to prepare. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. When you, so when you said when you said, "Hey, wait till ten, we didn't. We've been doing this for an hour already. 
What? Hey. You guys are fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, you gotta, you gotta give me, you gotta listen for a minute while I make my kid cereal. So that's, that's on you, man. <laughs> oh. What kind of cereal is she having? Uh, we got the cereal in the baggie because you know. Hell yeah, I know. We buy generic because yeah. you get more for your buck. <laughs> what is it? What so, is it knocking and, off? So instead of um, Coke, the the caveman, the Flintstones. It's a cocoa dino bites with a Y dino oh. bites. Oh. In a Shrek bowl. I think they should name it something closer, like Shinstones. Like Shinstones. Uh, <laughs> keep it real close. They can call it what the fuck they want for uh, three bucks for a giant bag, you know? We're Shinstone kids. 10 million strong and growing. Is that the vitamins? That's song? the vitamins. Do you, are you, you had the vitamins in your kid, didn't you? Yeah, I don't remember the commercial, though. I don't. The commercial song doesn't stand out to me, but yeah, I definitely had Flintstone vitamins. Hey, Matthew. Love you. I love, yeah. you, I love you too. Hey, Matthew, did you. <laughs> I, love you. Uh, I love you guys. Did, what? Did you, did you have a My Buddy doll when you were a kid? You know my My Buddy story. I mean, tell it on the internet. Uh, well, I'm. I don't remember. What about your my buddy? I don't remember the my buddy story. You don't remember yours? You don't remember the commercial? Oh yeah, I remember the commercial. My buddy. My I, buddy. Don't, I don't remember my buddy at all. Is my buddy Chucky? Yeah, no, right. no, sim- that's, similar, but no. That's the story, man. So Chucky was my childhood terror. Yeah. So frightened of him, and my mom caught wind of that, obviously, and uh, I had my buddy and my pet monster. Do you remember my pet monster? I remember yes. the name. Yes, actually. The blue, he was blue and furry, Kyle, and he had a big pickle nose. Okay. Literally like a big dill pickle. He had orange handcuffs you could put on him, and they were Velcro, so you could rip them off. Oh, okay. man. I did not realize how... Oh, Jesus. I didn't realize until just now how closely Chucky and the My Buddy look. I honestly... Oh, identical. Just the hair color changes off. Wow. that That's crazy. So my mom, my mom knew I was afraid of one of my dolls or toys, so she got rid of my pet monster, thinking I was scared of him, obviously, because he's a fucking blue yeah, yeah. creature with fur and handcuffs and pickle noses. I remember this so guy. She got ri- yes. Yeah, so she got rid of him, and then my pet buddy stayed on the bed, terrifying me, cause she, and I didn't say anything because, you know... It seemed like a wuss. And uh, so she got rid of the wrong toy, and he just sat at the bottom of the bed terrifying me. And Chucky, man. Listen, man. Chucky. I, I got to say, we're looking at a picture of my pet monster right now, 1986. Yeah. It, it's a yeah. terrifying toy. Um, right. And you can buy it for, it looks like you can get a used one for 160 but they go as high as four or 500 son, bucks. I, son, I got his minifigure on the shelf. They put a minifigure out of not a... Uh, called a reaction figure it's a little mini figure and it's adorable uh yeah you can keep that keep that uh so this this grotesque looking um pickle nose dude you know that what about him it reminds me of um those garbage pail kids it reminds me of like that aesthetic Ooh, from the yeah. 80s where everything was gross yeah. mad magazine gross. Yeah, just, just not hanging out of their nose you know yeah, what was that show they on? Just gross shit down us. Why they do that? Why did they do that? What was that show on Nickelodeon? Mo- uh, something about monsters. Uh, uh, real monsters. Yeah, 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 that's it. That show was gross. Yeah, Red yeah, and Stimpy was, was fucking gross. Red and Stimpy was Red. gross. You're right. Why did they think you know, kids we, wanted like gross stuff so much? Back well, we then? we we did like gross stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, that's why. We like we like we like picking our nose and. 
I love picking uh, my nose personally. You know, <laughs> American pastime picking your nose. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. How are you guys, man? I miss you guys. I miss yeah. you too, man. Miss you, man. Sorry, we uh, we were supposed to get together on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but one of us was sick. What happened? One of us was sick. I think it was me that time. I can't remember. I think it was me that time. Yeah. Oh yeah, you uh, you that you had your like uh, college experience, college days experience. Well, you know what? I said that. I said that. I thought it was because I had because oh, yeah. I had tequila that night. Um, but then the whole family had it, and it was okay. this. One. Hey, Matt, did you did you or uh, or your daughter have uh, like like a uh, virus went around recently where you had really bad stomach pain? Uh, you know my stomach's always screwed, but Blaze, no. <laughs> okay, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't notice. Uh, yeah, poor guy, poor fella. It's just the results of a grown man never going to the doctor. Yeah, maybe you should though. Maybe you should. Maybe you got. Yeah, high, probably. Yeah, you got health insurance. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, we'll you, got, see. you got health insurance now, don't you? We'll see. Uh, you one would think, right? You know, check at work tomorrow morning. We'll see. <laughs> I got checked tomorrow morning. Oh, hey, did you get, did you get your car fixed or buy a new one? Did I get my who? You said, did you get your car fixed or buy a new one? Um, my car did not get fixed, and I have not got a new one yet. No, I'm still in the market, as it were. Because we'd love to see you up here, man. We'd love to have you actually on the podcast in the studio. That'd be great. That would be fantastic. Was it in your basement? Yep. Sure is. With all your with all your fancy artwork and Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, Kyle's sit, there. I actually sit here all week. He just waits for he waits for the next podcast. <laughs> so, um, so the basement down here is like it's not finished at all. So like you come down to the basement, there's no ceilings. You know, it's like you know. No, like, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. So <laughs> I, I know, but that's the thing. That's the thing. Nothing is finished except for my office. So then you walk in and it's like, you know, there's like, you know, it's just, it's nice in here. It is nice in here. It's like an office in a dungeon. (laughs) Office in a dungeon. Matt, Matt, did you watch uh, Northman? It just came out this week, man. Yeah, I know. I'm going to see that for sure. I got a a 10-year-old. You think I just go to the movies all the time? He's a a Northman, my 10-year-old? Yeah, I forgot about that. You think think Blaze is like, hey, that new Robert Robert Eggers flick is out. Oh, it's really realistic, (laughs) man. My daughter was like, hey, hey, Dad, you watch The Witch? All oh, that shit was scary. But she's, yeah. Listen, man, but she's your daughter, so I kind of feel like that's yeah. not unreasonable. I was I was just going to come back with that. Yeah, she has seen way worse things than Robert Eggers films. <laughs> uh, no, I'm dying to see it in Monday, actually. I've only been in one movie since the, uh, Pandemic? the world mutated. Oh, boy. Yeah. Damn, man, uh, really? Spider-Man, that, that, and that was Spider-Man. So I'm dying to see The Northman, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see it too. I don't know if the last time you were on was before or after I had finally watched um, that Robert Eggers movie, The Lighthouse. I did, I did watch that. And My man, you like it? That movie was fucking great. Uh, so good. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I've always, I've, I've always really liked The Witch. That movie's great. So yeah, that's, I'm excited. That's my guy. Yeah, that that director, he's two for two, and the authenticity, the authenticity in those movies. The dialogue, every last little detail he puts into him, you know. Ah, the lighthouse was yeah. so weird. Oh my god, they were just just two old dirty sailors just yelling at each other for two hours, <laughs> and there was and mermaids was... and bird murder. Chris oh, Chris, you gotta watch the lighthouse, right man. Yeah, you do. You should watch it. Shit, I gotta watch it now. Chris, it's Willem, Willem Dafoe yep. and Robert Pattinson, and they're two old sailors that are stuck on a rock together watching a lighthouse, and they hate each other. Is, is Robert Pattinson, 
Is Robert Pattinson what? is Robert Pattinson in old man makeup? He's not no, really no, I'm, man. He's just I'm not, just I'm just yeah, go on calm, sorry. He his vibe is kinda old man ish. Okay. He's got a big ass mustache. Um okay. uh just sailor, you know, he's he sailor, looks, you know. Yeah, yeah. He definitely looks older than he does when he's playing, you know, he does, he does. vampire. But yeah, Chris, you gotta you gotta you gotta check that movie out. Do you ever see any of the Please. Twilight movies? Who me? Yes. He, both of you. I, I had to watch part one. Yeah, yeah I watched I, part one, too. I definitely saw part one. I don't know if I saw the others. Dude, that was, I mean, that was one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen in my life. It was, uh, it's something, man. It's got his audience, man. <laughs> so it's I, something. So I, I listened to he, the audiobook of the first one. You oh, did? did you? Yeah, because uh, me and my sister used to carpool together. Okay. And so we started going, and I like to listen to audiobooks. So I was I like, you're, you're going to listen to my audiobook. And she yeah, said, she said, okay, but we'll, if, if I have to listen to your shit, we're going to swap. When you're done with yours, we'll, you will listen to one of mine. And I was like, okay. Well, one of hers was Twilight. And I will tell you what, I'll tell you what I liked about the book. In the beginning of the first book, when they're talking about the, or, the origins of the vampire legends in the Native American context, I thought that was cool, man. Not only did I think it was cool, I thought it was, Unique. I thought I thought that the author had an interesting angle right. on the werewolf vampire thing with the Native American mythology connections. That was cool to me. I don't remember that at all. I, I don't you know, know if that was in the movies. So you know, there's seven more of those. If you want to check them out, right? <laughs> also, also while we're talking of uh, mythology, Matthew, uh, Matthew, I did check out the um, the Conchu, the uh, Moon Knight. Yeah, and I'm, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's good stuff, right? Yes. It's different. It's different from Marvel. It's not just yeah. Do we have one more episode uh, left? Uh, there's six episodes of two left, I think. They okay. four up, right? Uh, Oscar yeah. Isaac. Oscar Isaac is killing it with those personalities. Oh yeah. And the uh, the the adorable one, Stephen, when he does the British accent, and he's just oh, Oscar Isaac. He's a well, he's that, a well that, that's actually my first question. Is that actor American or is he English? Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. He's fucking American. So his accent's really good, man. His, He's really good, yeah. Because he, he, I think he is, dude. You're hundred. You're you're hundred percent right. The the authenticity that comes through between his two personalities and that. And did you watch it at all, Kyle? Because you look confused. I don't think I've seen that. It's the newest Marvel show on Disney. It's called Moon Knight. No, no, I have no idea what that well, even is. Matt, Matt thought I would like it because the premise. Um, and you maybe if you have the history on this, Matt, you can tell me that like the comics. But I never heard of it either. But the premise is that the character is like an avatar of an ancient Egyptian god. So you might you might compare it more to like the like the Thor movie, like the Thor movies, because the characters in it are this are the spirits of actual Egyptian deities rather than superhero supervillains. They're actual spiritual beings. Sure. And I thought that was cool. And of course, Matt knew I would think that was cool. So he told me yeah, to watch yeah. them. I like good. Oscar Isaac a lot. That guy's great. You ever see uh, Inside Lewin Davis? No. Matt, you ever Excellent. see that? Excellent. Oh, come on, man. Soundtrack, Excellent. too. Really good soundtrack. I'm so far behind. Yeah. Oh, Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Actually, when yeah, when I watched that, that was fairly recently. And uh, you had already um, kindly given me access to your Spotify. And one of the great things about Spotify is any movie I watch, if the soundtrack's good, automatically look it up and add it to your yeah, yeah. whatever. And I love that thing. Thank you again. Yep, I'm glad you enjoyed um, it. Yeah. Great soundtrack, great soundtrack. Hey, before we get off Moonlight, I gotta tell Matt one one thing I appreciated about that um, hey, cool. about yeah. that show 
And uh, I'll have to do a little bit of explaining, but um, it wasn't the religious component, although the mythological stuff was really cool to see. And the and the um, the CGI in it's really quite cool. It um, has been. It's been cool, yeah, yeah. The thing about it was in the first episode, the main character, he thinks he's going crazy, and he comes to, yeah. he comes to realize that he's got like another personality living within him and sometimes it takes over. And so he's got this terrified, there's this period where he's terrified of the thing that, that exists within him. And I saw these psychological like uh, metaphors in it. And then there's mm -hmm. this, there's this scene. I, I, I'm, I think it was in the first episode where the Steven is, he's like this mild mannered guy. He's the Clark Kent and his, his alter ego is the, is the Superman, right? <laughs> right. <coughs> And he he is afraid to let the Superman take over because he doesn't want to lose himself, but mm -hmm. but he needs the Superman. He needs to protect yeah. himself, and he's having this argument in this mirror with himself. And the way the way the way they incorporate mirrors in the show is brilliant, brilliant, and just reflections in general and all the small places you see them. And hundred percent, hundred percent. So he's having this argument, this very animated argument with himself. <laughs> He's in imminent danger, and he's like, "You gotta let me in, you know. Let me, let me, let me in, you know." And so this is this is where it's going to get intellectual, just a tiny bit. But it reminded me of Carl Jung, who talks about oh, Carl Jung. Yeah, me, when I watched, that, I thought of Carl Jung right away. <laughs> it reminded me. Go on, go on. Though you elaborate. It reminded me of Carl Jung talking about integrating the shadow. So what he means by that is that every every human being has the potential to do terrible things and to think and want terrible things, murderous, lustful things that we, we all have this demon part of ourselves that we pretend we don't have because we're, most of us are afraid of it. So we pretend that we're good people and would never harm a fly. But in reality, if you put yourself in a situation, the right kind of situation, you would strangle a man to death and you know, you would. And Matt, if somebody was, if somebody was after your daughter, you know, you would, even though you're a nice guy in all other respects. And you know, you know what I mean? This is what mm -hmm. this is what Carl Jung tries to explain that we all need to embrace that part of us and integrate it into ourselves because if we don't if we can pretend that it doesn't exist and we push it under the rug and we shove it into the shadows that it's going to come out when we least expect it and we're not going to have any control over it we're going to have out oh, wait, do, we, do we have to do we have to acknowledge that it's there or do we have to actually act on it is it just acknowledging it's there okay yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's acknowledging right. that it's it's acknowledging that it's there, that it's a part of you, and that and that you're its boss. You say when it gets to come out. You say you know when when you're going to use the shadow. When you get to the point where you're the master and the shadow is the slave, that's the correct balance, right? That, and that, that only shadow that, master. Son. <laughs> this what that movie that Alec, in high that Alec Baldwin movie. Was that the the ultimate message of that? Did you ever see that? <laughs> no, what, which one? The shadow. He brought up the shadow. Hold on, don't get, don't, uh, listen, I'm a wordy motherfucker, and if you don't let me finish this, it's going to go on and on. So going back to the scene of the movie where he's arguing with himself, it's like, again, he knows there's this powerful force inside of him the dark part that can, that can get shit done when it needs to get done. The one that breaks the rules when the rules need to be broken. And he, it, it's wanting to come out and he's struggling because he doesn't want to be, 
he wants to pretend that it, that Stephen isn't like that. Stephen would never would never fuck you know a motherfucker up, you know right? So he has to eventually learn to control Mark. Is his name the the, the bad one? He needs to learn to control him and and use Mark when it's when it's appropriate, right? And I just thought that scene was like illustrating integrating the shadow. Mark and Steven having that fight with each other. And and in fact, the whole series has been a battle like that within Mark and Steven. It's amazing. So it's it's the Hulk, basically. It's, it's the Hulk. It's the fucking Hulk. That's a great that's a great analogy. It is the Hulk. It is the Hulk. Can you imagine if Bruce Banner could learn to control the Hulk? So that I'm just I'm just like who am I taking, Mark Ruffalo or Oscar Isaac? Because they're both fucking silver foxes, man. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, a couple of good looking cats. Uh, but but I but I actually like the um, Hulk with uh, what's his face, uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Edward fucking. Yeah. I don't remember okay. that movie very well. It was it was good. it was the best one. No, the best one oh, was like, the one with like Eric Bana. Like <laughs> you remember that yeah. was the OG. Yeah. Was wasn't yeah, that was the fun. first of the superhero movies? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean that was like. What did you say? Wasn't that the first of the superhero movies? What uh, are you saying? Of these modern Marvel yes. ones, the uh, modern Marvel ones. Yeah, the, the like it was, uh, Marvel universe. It was, it was Iron Man and then Hulk. Iron Man was or first. Was it Hulk? Or was it Hulk and Iron Man? I've had this debate or this conversation a bunch of times, and I always, you always have to Google it. <laughs> All right, it's well, either Iron Man or Iron Man or Hulk were the first two. Okay. And then Edward Norton would have you know his meal ticket for the next however many years, twenty years. But if you remember, I don't mean to be fucking all luxury, but Edward Norton, um, who likes to rewrite scripts, who likes to take control of sets, who oh. is just very finicky and just, he tried to rewrite the whole movie. Uh, Marvel was like, uh, hey guy, we got a vision here. And, uh, I didn't know yeah, that. They didn't, they didn't, yeah, they didn't bring him back. Yeah, you look up uh, Edward Norton, and he's, he's got a problem almost every set he's on. And, and a lot of times, a lot of times, not him being a prick. He's just really passionate, and yeah. that's just what comes out of him being is, a prick. Is he one of those guys that people don't, don't like to work with because of that? Uh huh. I mean, in other like actors, I said, a lot of times it comes off. As, a lot of times it comes off as passionate. So I mean, I don't. I don't yeah, I don't but, know. But man. Listen, man, it's like if if somebody he's a talented if, actor. If you I mean, if you hired somebody to come work on your project and they were like, uh, "Move over, CEO. I got, I show you how to run this ship," you'd be pretty pissed too. Yeah. I think at this point. Like, if you if you hire Edward Norton, you probably know that you know. Yeah, um, definitely. So definitely you're hiring him for a reason, and that reason yeah. is that he's good. Mm. You know. Did you guys, did you guys watch Birdman? Michael yeah, Keaton and him. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Good. Whew. It's yeah. sort of. It sort of sounds familiar. Um, Birdman and the. Unexpected. Oh. I don't think I Something saw of it. virtue. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I did see it's it about, back in about, the day. About the theater and the plays in New York, and it was good, man. Yeah, One of Emma Stone's best performances, too, of Emma Stone. Children, that. Michael Keaton, yeah, that's exactly it. Michael Emma Keaton's Stone. pretty sweet. Yeah. He's pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't have said it better, man. Michael Keaton's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, so. Do you, you see The Founder? About him, the, that starting. McDonald's movie that yeah. that's been in my queue for ten years. It's good. I watched it a long it, time ago. It's not bad. All right. Um. Yeah, Michael Keaton, founder of McDonald's, like the everything, everything on it. My man, I just never pushed play on it. BJ, no, BJ Novak has a. You know who BJ Novak is? Mm-hmm. From the Office. Yeah, he he's got a a nice little role in there. He does a good job in it. Yeah, he's not in much. That's yeah. That's a welcome. Hey Matthew, did you <clears throat> did you have pot for breakfast? 
Uh, I'm just I'm looking at it right now. Okay, I was just curious. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to cop your guys' ear off because you know I'm a copper. Oh, it's yeah. going to happen because yeah. it's just yeah, looking just, back yeah, at it. Looking back at it. it. Just cough. Don't cough directly into the phone and you'll be fine because I'm sick anyway. I mean, you know, I, I appreciate that. Fucking, you know, not telling me not to cough directly into the phone. <laughs> good, good tip. <laughs> well, um, you'd be surprised how many people have burped into the microphone on this podcast. A surprise. Well, I'm not. Fucking, I listen. I listen. I never heard uh, Josh coughing into the phone or that racist. I never heard anyone coughing into the phone. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you might know the podcast. You didn't hear them. Heard. You didn't hear them burp into the phone. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Fuck. <laughs> well, I thought Melissa was fun. Josh was fun. They've all been fun. Get well, Josh Mathis, yep. the uh, the jo- the Josh Hamilton kid. Uh, Wasn't your bag of chips? Uh, uh, was he on the Wednesday episodes or Sunday episodes, Josh Hamilton? Uh, he must have been on a Sunday episode, yeah. I don't think uh, I've ever Sunday. been on with Josh. Yeah, because I don't think I, I know I've heard you mention him oh, like a couple times, but I don't think I've listened to an episode with him. It might have been an off, because he was, he was visiting, so it might have been an off, uh, an off, you know, cycle. It might have been a Wednesday episode. The Wednesday episodes, man, I like the Wednesday episodes a lot, but they just, they, they go way over my head, man. that's that's fine that's fine you know it's it's not for everyone and the truth is i don't understand everything (laughs) myself you know i'm just doing my best but that's kind of that's kind of the point of wednesday's episodes is to show people the process of learning and thinking and that's what i'm trying to do i'm just doing it myself and letting you guys witness it you know yeah have you found that it's been a, a useful tool for developing your thoughts? One hundred thousand percent, man. Yeah, you feel like you are, you've developed well since you've started doing it. Well, I can I can tell I've gotten better, but the, you know what happens when I do those Wednesday episodes is some I'll prepare notes, and um, if Matt can tell you if he listens to them, really, I always have a prepared beginning and a prepared end, and the rest of it's just sort of reading quotes and and flowing whatever comes to my mind. What I what I notice is a lot of connections I make them or new ideas that I'll think while I'm doing the podcast. Yeah. And sometimes I'll go off for like a few minutes I didn't expect on a whole new idea. And I'm like, mm-hmm. God, that, damn, that was cool. And I'm hoping that it sounds to the listener authentic. I'm hoping it, because it, it is authentic. It's like an aha moment, and you got to witness it in real time, you know? So I hope that comes real through time. on some. on some Real time with Bill Maher. It, it does, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't implying anything negative about them. Just that they're, uh, you guys are both so intelligent that a lot of times, you know, they're, they're still good listening. But just, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> what the fuck? But usually I'm at work, so, you know, it doesn't matter what you're talking about because my buddy's voice is in my ear, so. Yeah, it's like, it's like we're there it helps with on you, a Wednesday. It helps on a Wednesday. I'll tell you what, it's going to be nice listening back to this episode for the same reason, man. No shit. Oh, my, a little. Hard. Wait, what's our policy on cursing on the podcast? Dude, you can you guys it? curse all the time, don't you? You can yeah. say whatever you want, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys curse. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Swear words. Fuck. <laughs> Just put it out there. There you go. Cunt. Shame, shame on you. <laughs> Silence um, isn't good for a podcast. Hey, listen. Um, I've got. Maybe it's not confirmed yet, but it all seems like it's it's leading in the right direction. Uh, another interview podcast lined up for uh, probably next week. Uh, I, like I said, I don't want to I don't want to like put too much out there because it's not con- entirely confirmed yet. But I will plant that plant that seed in everybody's ear. 
if it if it comes through like I hope it does, it should be it should be an interesting conversation. So that's all. You can leave us hanging. You can leave us hanging. You're not going to say who it is. What's it's somebody who I've talked about on the on the Wednesday on some of those Wednesday episodes, and so uh, like I say, it's so yeah, I, like, you know, it'll be it'll be yeah, uh, like it. You got like a scientist or a philosopher or something. Yeah, something like that. And I and I want to do more of that stuff. I want to try to get like professors and stuff that to come on and you know because we do a lot of bullshitting. You know, I'd like to have somebody who knows their stuff. Sure. On here, right. rein us in. You know. Mm-hmm. Hey Matt, you ever listen to uh, Rogan's podcast? Uh, I mean, when there's a guest on that I'm interested in, yeah. Okay. So you never you never listen to any of his Duncan Trussell episodes. Who? His buddy Duncan Trussell. Oh, yeah, I know that name from Kyle from back in the day, but okay. I don't, I don't, I don't fucking I was, remember. I was just curious because that guy's awesome, and he did one recently. Yeah. With, he did a new one recently with Joe, and I just love him because that guy, that. that guy goes nuts, man. He gets ideas going, and he has so much fun with them. I love just listening to that guy think on the on the podcast because he's like a hippie man, and he's and he's eclectic, and he'll just go on and on about the craziest shit, man. Duncan, your name's Duncan. You got to be interesting, man. Yep. Pretty much. He, he is interesting. He's a survivor of testicular cancer, not unlike Tom Green. Who's that family's Good coming up a lot in this episode. Yeah, Tom Green. You remember Tom Green? The Greens. Did I tell you I saw him do stand up here in Cleveland? No shit. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Did he do my bum is on the cheese? He made some references. <laughs> he made many references to the MTV days. Yeah. And that was a little bit like uh but he did a he you know, he could have got um, some charity laughs and claps with that stuff, but he did a good job. He made it actually funny. He, I was surprised, actually. Sweet, dude. I know Tom Green from one thing in the history of my life, and that was stealing Harvard. That's it. Gotta have my cheese, John. You gotta have my cheese. You know what your I'm problem watch is? The show. You know what your problem is? You never, you never <laughs> saw Freddie got fingered? Never watched, even though I know, Daddy, did you like some sausages? <laughs> I know that line from everyone, but I never watched the show or the movie. No. It's it's a weird ass movie. It's pretty funny though. The Chad was great. I guess he was in a he's in a road trip. He used to watch that a lot. Yeah, the, yeah but, yeah, but you guys true. just overlooked the Chad was great. That was uh, wasn't that uh, Charlie's Angels? The Chad was great. I don't know. You remember when Tom Green was married to Drew Barrymore? He was in. Oh, yeah. He was in one of the Charlie's Angels was movies. He, he, was, he was in Charlie's Chad. Angels. Yeah, she, she gets off the boat and he just he's sad she's leaving to go to work and he just falls in the water and he's making breakfast and, and before he falls yeah, he in the was, water he says the Chad was great you motherfucker I do not remember oh he did that's right that was a line we it didn't last long but that yeah. was a line we used for a little bit Chad was great that's I forgot right. about that man yeah yeah man <laughs> that's because Charlie's Angels didn't last long we really liked that when we were 19 because it was hard girls in action but yeah Lucy Lou man she's a pretty girl jeez you hear about just reminded me of that set uh, Bill Murray being a prick to Lucy Liu and oh. now Bill Murray, Bill Murray yeah yeah that's, that's highly uh, publicized and Bill Murray's latest flick I don't know what it's called but it just had to halt production because of an incident with Bill Murray oh uh, I did see that being, I didn't read it but being I saw a dirty it. old man oh no yeah <laughs> uh, there's many good stories man. you hear about him you hear great stories about him just like crashing bars and just talking to random fans and he's just a great guy and then every couple of years in between that you hear a story about him being a shithead so I would like to know the specifics so, do we know the specifics of the this recent one yeah like is he no a, I don't all, all I heard is he was inappropriate and uh 
Is he pulling a Louie? I think inappropriate is the word they were using, but if they had to halt production of an entire film, I mean, it could had to be kind of serious, right? I guess well, so. and, I mean, in the Me Too generation, who knows? Uh-huh. Uh, said, we're in the no, Me that's Too That's a lot generation. of money, man. You don't, just, you don't just stop making a film, though, mid, mid, mid-production. Mid That's you, a lot of money on the table. Yeah, but if uh, but if one of your actresses or whatever makes an allegation that, that you know, warranted or not, if they make an allegation, that's some serious shit that the production company can uh, be in for. I, I mean, I don't uh, know. Uh, I don't know. Um, Bill Murray. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. <laughs> I've, I've like legitimately bummed out by that. I hope Bill Murray doesn't go down. So, I know, me too, man. I guess I do it if he deserves it, I guess I do. But, no, yeah, absolutely. You remember the you remember the Mel Gibson stuff? You're, he, you're pulling your old man weenie out. You need to, you need to be... You need to go away, man. Is that is that what he did? Oh, come on, man. I don't know, man. I I, don't, I I shouldn't. I'm speculating. Yeah, starting rumors. The rumor mill, the room, the meatball you know. rumor mills started. Um, you know, so it's not shocking. I mean, you can you know put these guys on pedestals. It wouldn't be shocking at all if he was. So you know, with women around. You know when you have a when you have a fa- when you're a fan of like an actor or a musician or something, and then you find out that they're shitty people. Yeah, James Franco. Is is James Franco shitty? He's a he's got fucking some... turd, man. What? Oh, that's so disappointing. Yeah. What did he do? When you got Seth Rogen going on in the internet, then yeah, I'm not gonna work with James Franco anymore. Sorry, what? you know Seth Rogen, good old Canadian boy saying it. Yeah, James Franco just got all kinds of Google it, man. He's got all kinds of Shit. accusations against him. That's really sad, man. I'll always like James Franco. You and me both, brother. Do you remember how how terrific his hair was in the first Spider Man movie? James oh Frank my god, his hair. hair inspired you to grow your hair longer a little bit. Fuck yeah. I, of course I remember. Him and, and Eric Bana from Troy. Remember his hair? Oh, Golly, oh that was gorgeous. God. Some Pantene Eric commercial hair. Fuck. Dude, Brad Pitt and Troy. Get up. Like you going to let my victory be taken away by a rock? Oh, <laughs> Troy. It's pretty, it doesn't hold up, but it was uh, no. back then. It holds up. It doesn't hold up. And it's really, <laughs> it's really no. sad. It's really sad. You know, Troy does not hold up. 300 holds up way better than Troy. 300 does not hold up very well. <laughs> it does because it's, because it's, um, you don't take it seriously because the way it was shot, it's like, it's a, it's a comic book. You also it's can't take that narrative seriously. But I don't want to, man. That's the voiceover a, work. Dude. And don't, and you can, you can you, see. Did you, did you trim 300 what? out of your collection? Did you throw that one away? Did I trim this down 300? Believe so. Oh, Matthew, you son of a bitch! But here's here's the thing: when I trim the sound on the movie collection, so it either gets tossed out, or I have like a little book, a little steel book DVD case. Oh. I just throw the case away and I keep the movie. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm better than that. Having it on my shelf, you know, I'm like, I'm a snob, you know. That's smart. I'm like when you first started your DVD collection way back in the day, and you were like. I'm only going to have great movies on my shelf, masterpieces, Matthew, <laughs> compared to your trashy collection. Yep. And it worked for a while, for like a few, a few, a little while it worked, but then eventually you had your fucking Billy Madison and you were fucking, you know, yeah, you didn't just have right. your masterpieces. You're right. But, but then the thing is, you're judging what's a masterpiece when you're 16 years old. It's not, you know, your judgment's not good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Minority Report doesn't go on there, you know, it's no. not on there. It's a good, that is a good movie. Though. I don't know why I picked that one. It's a good flick. Yeah. It was a good flick. Yeah. Um, Guys like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's minority. It's Tom Cruise, so yeah, it's not amazing, but it's it's a fun action sci-fi flick. It's got Colin Farrell in it. 
Colin Farrell, fucking Tom Cruise jumping off things. Tom, Tom Cruise always, is always jumping off things. That you're right, exactly. And it's always a good time. It's hard to keep him on the floor, Tom Cruise. He's jumping off Oprah's couch. Yeah, he, he sure did. not keep him on the floor. Did you guys see? It was like it's one of me and Blazes. Go ahead, sorry. Go on, no, go on. I was just gonna say it's because he's he's subconscious about his height, so he's always jumping to see yeah, him, see him to be, taller. Yeah. yeah, it was it was like two Mission Impossible's ago. I don't know, two or three, because uh, he does all of those stuff. One of me and Blazes' favorite things to watch. We'll watch it occasionally when it comes up, or we think about it. He's doing a rooftop chase, and he insists on doing this jump, and he runs from one building to the next fucking annihilates his shins into this next building like yeah. doesn't make the jump I've like he that. hits it stops keeps his cool tom cruise face you know you can tell he's just shit his pants he's crying <laughs> on the inside oh, oh no and uh yeah me and blaze will just hit play on that because it's fucking fun because that guy's funny i don't know if this is the same video it seems like it sounds like it might be uh he runs and he jumps and he just like puts his foot in the wrong place and i'm pretty sure he broke his ankle or something that I mean, probably was it yeah that probably was it I, I think they had to like shut down production for a while because yeah i think so he tries to play it cool not show any pain at all yeah, yeah. you know yeah so i like to uh i like to point out when things when i think things are admirable like if i somebody has a quality or does something that i'm like nice like i like to bring it up because i like i wonder why I think that way about it. Why is it admirable to me? And when you said Tom Cruise broke his shins or broke his ankles, and he just kept that, he just kept that stoic Scientology face. That's admirable to me, man. Like, like if you're crying on the inside, but you just will not let that show. Something about that is fucking cool. Oh, you're crazy. Let it out. Because <laughs> I feel like I'd be like Peter Griffin on the floor. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I don't think there's okay, any shame I, in that. Not at all. I appreciate that a lot more. <laughs> no, man. I, no, I respect that a lot more, man. It's like so it's like so ballsy. It's like I could let this I could let this paint out into the world, but I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna swallow that puke. It went halfway up through my neck and I'm just gonna swallow it back down and nobody else can you know, not, not <laughs> nobody else is gonna be privy to this pain. Just you know Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. Yeah. I, I, I have mixed feelings about Tom Cruise. Like, what? what is the, the last, like, quality thing that Tom Cruise did? That's, that's that's what I'm saying, man. I don't care what you're jumping off of. I don't give a shit. And I heard the Mission Impossible movies. I hear every time one comes out, it's a good action movie. But I don't go to the movies for just a, a good action movie. I, you know, I want to fucking anymore. story and some fucking acting. Yeah. yeah listen, I, I don't want to take this on too much of a tangent, but I'm a, I've thought of this like two or three times, and I keep forgetting. Um, Matt, have you ever seen a have you ever seen a cartoon called The Last Unicorn? Oh, that that that, that movie's in my head. Yeah, describe it. I, my sister used to watch that. It was like 1980, or no, it might have been like 1977. Even it was like this. This animated movie, it was like, it reminds you of those fantasy um, uh, cartoons and movies that would follow. It reminds you of something like The NeverEnding Story or um, right. or, the, or Dark Crystal or, you know, Willow or something. But it's animated and all of the music is done by the band uh, America. <laughs> America? Uh-huh. America. All, all right. of the music. And the animation is like something like... It looks something like anime, but it's from like the late seventies, and the quality of it is like Disney quality. And it might, did you watch this? 
well, I watched part of it because my my uh, my oldest daughter she she we I, we go to the library sometimes and I let her pick mm-hmm. out a book and a movie and that was what she picked because she loves unicorns and I didn't know mm-hmm. what I was getting into. I started watching this this movie and I was like, how have I never heard of this? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a girl. Maybe it's a girl movie, right? Maybe it is. Maybe that's why. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I know that title, and I think it's for my sister. It must be. Yeah, I know. I've, yeah, I know. I've seen it because we watched all the movies together. We were little, but I don't, I don't have a memory of the movie. But I know. Well, I know we watched. Listen, if you I know have, the title. if you have an opportunity, you should try to watch it with Blaze or just watch the first. Oh, watch the first twenty minutes of it by yourself. Let me know what you think about the music and the animation. It is so good. I couldn't believe it wasn't a Disney movie, and I couldn't believe I'd never heard of it. It's a. It's really interesting. Cool. I'm, just the score and the animation. I love when people who make movies use music effectively mm. in them, you know? Yeah. Me too. Uh, yeah. I feel like uh, <laughs> people have been good with that on TV shows as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're, I'm going running through Daredevil again, and the fucking score to Daredevil is just... Oh, yeah. Wow. I don't really... Ding, 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 ding. I definitely watched, <laughs> I watched Daredevil, but I don't remember the score particularly. Kyle, treat yourself. Go back and watch all three seasons. Nah, Best fucking superhero show of all time. Listen, I agree. Okay. I really enjoyed the Daredevil series. Uh, really, just, really enjoyed it. There's not a better superhero show ever made. Maybe little, Watchmen. It just got a little goofy for me at times. Like, it's this one blind guy, and he's just beating the fuck out of, like, 20 he's people not, at a time. Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> he's not blind. All of those senses are heightened yeah, by yeah, 172. Yeah. And then they show the way that he sees. He kind of sees in this blurry, fiery vision. He can kind of yeah. not yeah, blind. All right. But I, all right, I just... Kyle. <laughs> all right, Kyle. <laughs> okay, so even a, even a guy who can see, he's got the best vision in the world. The, it's the part of him kicking the shit out of 20 guys at a time that's, uh, that's, uh makes it... A superhero movie? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so goofy, though. Um, I enjoy that, and I, and I enjoy Jessica Jones. What? Just get past the fact that Cal called Daredevil Goofy and just go to the next topic. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's what I do. I just keep I just keep right on going. Jessica Jones, hey, what did you think of Jessica Jones? Was, was, Jessica Jones got a little too preachy for me, but it was the first 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 half of season one was good. Purple Man. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that girl, uh, that actress. She was in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't think of her uh, name. She was in. Uh, uh, it was it, it was good, man. But do you remember how it kind of got kind of got like to where every man was a creep and yeah now that you bring it, it just got to where I, I get it i get it it's a scary world for girls i understand that we are animals but it it, it got a little too like jesus christ am i the bad guy watching this one i didn't do anything <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that because uh we don't have to well, we don't have to get political on here but uh yeah i'm not smart enough to but uh yeah that uh it was good though it was, it was good uh they got that one what's his face david Tennant from uh, Doctor Who playing Purple Man. He was a creepy villain. Remember his power? The power of persuasion? He just mentioned something and that was fucking creepy, man. Yeah, for sure. It's funny, it's funny you power. say that, the power of persuasion, because in the first hour before we, you joined the podcast, that's what Kyle and I were talking about. We're talking about getting oh, right. get, getting scammed and, and people using manip- uh, manipulation to man, you know persuade persuade you to do things, you know? No one likes that. We were talking about the quick change artists at the uh, movie theater that would... Uh, oh, fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah. You ever get scammed, Matt? We we did that. You ever you ever get scammed apart from quick change? At Cinema City? Anywhere. Uh, yeah. yeah that's, so. You're going to leave it at yeah? 
No, that's what I don't. I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so? Okay. I, mean, I know at Cinema City, they uh, maybe a couple times they tried, and I think they got us a couple times when yeah, we were younger. But for sure, then, so I don't. Hey, I screw over. But I sorry, sorry, to, sorry to keep bouncing around, but I just remembered uh, that that yeah. uh, that new Harry Potter movie just recently came out. Yeah. Did you? Did I don't think you did. Did, he, did either of you guys watch the um, Magical Beast? Yeah. You did. Yeah. How about you, Matt? I like the first one so. I didn't. You watch the second one, and then I didn't particularly like either of Dude, them. I'm so hungry for more Harry Potter that I will. I will watch them. You know, they're not well, good, understandable. I, I love yeah, Harry well, Potter too. I listen to the books over and over again. Um, yeah, this new one has. Uh, if anything would have got me, it would have been Mads Nicholson. I love that dude. But uh, no, I'm good. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll probably watch the last one, but I just don't. I don't expect much out of if it. It's a, when it comes when it comes down to a, a, a property like that, if my kid doesn't want to watch it, she's got immaculate taste at this point, and she falls in my footsteps. And yes, I think I have immaculate taste. So I'm a movie snob. Uh, <laughs> if she doesn't want to watch it, I'm like, oh, she she knows she knows what's going on. Yeah. And uh, she didn't like the first one. She saw Johnny Depp's chubby face, blonde hair in the second one. She's like, nope. <laughs> and then, Kids got good instincts. Then, <laughs> she does. She does, man. Uh, I think what I did watch recently. Because uh, we can talk about movies all day long. Um, ah, Studio Six Six Six, the Foo Fighters movie. Did you guys watch that no, one? No. <laughs> so oh. the whole band, including Taylor right, Taylor, Hawkins, Taylor Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah. So he's still in it. Um, <laughs> it's, it seems like it's all Dave Grohl's idea, and it's all it's his movie. But they just go to a haunted house to record their <laughs> new album, and it's just a horror comedy. What? And okay. I can't one hundred percent recommend it though because it was two hours. And uh, I had no business being two hours. <laughs> if it was an hour and twenty, I'd be just gloating about it because they're all hilarious in it and they know what they're making. But man, they just stretched it for some reason. I think Dave Grohl thought he had a way better story than he did. I think, and it was just kind of okay. But if you want to watch the Foo Fighters, you know, get murdered in a horror comedy, it's fun. Right. That definitely sounds up Matt's alley. I don't know what um what service is it on? Uh, right, right. Um, maybe I had to download it. Oh, I'll find it. Yeah, I think I had to use one of those, you know, legal sites. <laughs> um, what else? We you got to go to those every once. You got to go to those every once in a while. If you don't feel like paying ten bucks for a new film, you know. Yeah, I don't buy. I don't buy new films. You see the new Batman? No, I mean, yet? Well, yeah, you guys see it? No, yeah, I didn't. I saw it. I'm the only one who Christian, hadn't seen it? You didn't watch the Batman? No, how is it? Robert Pattinson and fucking Colin Farrell, the guys we've been talking about. How How is Pattinson as Batman? Does he have an American accent? He must, right? Yeah. He says, I think, well, Kyle, you want me to, you want me to go on or do you want to? You want to? No, I'm just going to say that my favorite Pattinson line is, uh, you got a lot of cats. <laughs> that was a good line. Um, <laughs> did he say that to Catwoman? Yeah. Of course he did. All right. <laughs> I think he was one of the best Batmans we've had. What? He was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, man. He's just, he doesn't overdo it with the voice like Bale. Um, let's see. Are we, am I talking Batman or Bruce Wayne? Or just overall character, I think. I think he was uh, one of the best, man. Hmm. He's just, he's good being normal, you know? Was he believable? He's a normal guy. You can't be normal. I know Bruce Wayne isn't, isn't normal, but he's trying to be normal. He's outside the costume. I think uh, I think Pattinson was one of the best. What did you think about Affleck? 
Affleck. Uh, Affleck didn't she, seem like he didn't want to be there. <laughs> he seemed he seemed bored every scene every scene he was in from Batman Superman to Justice League. He seemed on, 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 bored wait, wait, to Kyle, me. Oh, Kyle's, Kyle's confused because he thought we were putting Affleck in the Pattinson movie. Yeah, I was like, who the, <laughs> was like Affleck wasn't in that movie. Uh, well, he was Batman that's though. Fun. Yeah, yeah. But did, that's but fucking but funny. It, I don't know, man. Do they make Pattinson look big enough? Like you know, big enough? You know, Batman. Batman don't need to be big. Batman just needs to be in the shadows and he needs to be a detective. And that's that's what they do in this movie. He's that's a true. fucking detective. And he doesn't come he's off just, as like a little skinny bitch, though. I mean, he's... You know, not at all, dude. The suit is excellent. He's got these fucking giant gauntlets and his cape's got this sweet pirate collar. Yeah, the suit and, does uh, a lot for it. All right, all right. This, I'll, I'll order it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it's it. Got, uh, yeah, it, dude, it's Batman. You gotta watch it. I know, you, I know you don't really like Nirvana that much, Matt, but uh, how'd you feel about <laughs> that song in it? You know my body. That's one of the better Nirvana songs. Yeah, I like um, that song. Yeah, and what I liked is how they kind of like anchored the movie with that song. You know, it was always there in the background a lot of the time. Yeah. In whatever instrumental form they wanted to use it in, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I thought ultimately the movie was too long. Mm. It's three hours. Oh and shit! I'm always in. I'm always in for a three-hour flick. Yeah. Oh man, you got mind. substance. That was give me three hours any day of the week, but it just. It didn't have enough for three hours. That was my main complaint too. It was like that. Yeah, could have been, that could have been shorter. If they'd have made that thing two twenty, I'd be proclaiming it the best Batman since Dark Knight. Mm. And I still say it's it's one of the closest to the best since Dark Knight. Mm. But uh, it was just too long, man. Not enough meat in the middle. <laughs> Interesting. But uh, fucking Colin Farrell's unrecognizable in it. He's he's excellent. You know, it's he's, three he's, hours. The, peng- the penguin doesn't get enough time. But when he's in it, he shines. He's got his own show coming out, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. They are doing an HBO show with him. Yeah. Hold on. Wait a minute. Colin Farrell's the that's a game. The Penguin. Yeah. They so Colin they cast the they cast Colin Farrell to play Robert De Niro as the Penguin. <laughs> okay. He looks exactly <laughs> like Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, they should have just got him, just got De Niro. But I mean, you know, I like Colin Farrell, so I do like Colin Absolutely. Farrell. Yeah. Did you ever see that uh, sex tape, the Colin Farrell sex tape? Yeah, yeah. Matt? No, I never saw a Colin Farrell sex tape either. It's, it's worth a watch. Yeah? It's worth a watch. The the girl, the, the girl the girl he's with is, um, she's she's a pretty girl. She's a pretty girl. Is he, is he speaking in that sexy Irish accent? Yeah, well, he, like, doing he, he, comes off as, he comes off as the most creepy human being on earth, but yes, he has that what? accent. What? With that accent? That sexy accent? That's not creepy. <laughs> I don't remember audio. I just... Oh, it was creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. Oh, man. Bullseye can give it to me any day of the week, you know? <laughs> Bullseye. All right. Well, I think that is good enough for today, you guys, because we're at 11 o'clock. All right. Uh, Excellent. All right. Hey, Matt, thanks for uh, joining. Uh, I know we cut into your sleepy time, but thank you, man. It was really nice getting to, getting to talk hey, to you. Hey, man. I love you guys, and we can do this anytime. I had the blast. Hell, yeah. All right. Well, we'll do it more. Um you can drop off if you want. I'm going to play the outro music. We love you, man. Love you too, man. All right. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. It's not easy work. Thinking. It's hard and full of uncertainties, but I'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together. Here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze. See what I did there? Let's find out together in the next episode.